it takes hours to get one family picture where everybody looks relatively happy. Mm. And that's the one we choose to share. But I feel like we live our entire lives in the other 9 million photos you have to take. Hey guys, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom. You guys, my guest today is a very big deal in the mom space. Her name is Meredith Masony. And if you aren't familiar, she's the author of a book called Ask Me What's for Dinner One More Time, Inappropriate Thoughts on Motherhood. How good is that? She shares the life-changing event that inspired her to start her very popular blog called That's Inappropriate. She's out on a mission to prove that life is not perfect and we should not pretend it is. We are all about that. So she is building a community online and sharing just how important it is, especially for first-time moms. So here's my very fun conversation with Meredith Masony. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're so excited to have you because this is your big week. It's like birthing a child when the book comes out. So good for you. Thank you. Yes, this this little baby, uh, it did take two years to create and conceive and get it all in there. And then, of course, right at when we put the, the little baby book to bed in January, that's when the world started going crazy crazy. And I was like, Oh, man, what's going to happen? And of course, then the pandemic and I just thought to myself, Oh, oh, for the love, this is going to be a this is going to be a fun one. (laughs) Well, your timing really is impeccable, because moms went from sometimes cooking one meal a week to cooking like 21 meals a week. So when I saw the title, I was like, Yes, girl. Yes. Ask me what's for dinner one more time. Um, so it's perfect pandemic reading, if you ask me, but I really thought that I was going to expect to like laugh, which I did, but I cried. I laughed. I cried. It was like all the emotions all wrapped into one. So it's a really, really, really great read. And so we're going to get into all of that, but, um, so let's start with kind of your, that's inappropriate blog. So you went from a mom like the rest of us who's on Facebook and Instagram trying to show the perfect life to then going, you know what? No, F it. Like, this is the real deal. So how did you get there? What inspired all that? So I, uh, people always say, what do you mean you got lucky? Well, I got lucky because I got a tumor. And in 2014, I was blessed with an esophageal tumor that changed my perspective on life, on everything, on parenting, on marriage, on motherhood, on all of it. And so uh, when when I found out that I did in fact have a tumor, I had been sick for about a year and I ignored that sickness actually because I was so busy raising kids and and doing, being the doer of all things. And I finally got so sick that I, um, I finally got, went into the doctor and I had to beg them to, to get me a scope. And I finally got that scope and, uh, they, they came out and told my husband, um, your wife has a tumor, so I can't see her anymore. You need to see an oncologist. And so this process began, I had three kids, uh, under the age of five, Um, I sat down with the doctors and they were like, look, you know, we can't sugarcoat this. Uh, you could wake up from this surgery and have to go to hospice, 
or you could wake up and, and have to have uh, uh, radiation and chemo. It could be any of these things. We don't know yet because we cannot tell what this is. And I was actually really lucky. I woke up. They were able to remove the tumor. It wasn't cancerous. It did a lot of damage. I had to have several more surgeries to repair it. But when I woke up and was, was told it wasn't cancer, I knew I had to do something. I had this second chance. I had this opportunity. And I had always wanted to be a writer when I was younger. I had this love of Barbara Walters and her ability to tell a story. It was just, she was so eloquent and just wonderful. And, and I knew that I wasn't doing the things that I had planned to do professionally. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so the long and the short of that was I knew I had to do something. And so I started out on this adventure, like literally right after getting out of the hospital, I started the blog and, um, you know, this is six years later now, but the goal was to find other moms that I could relate to. The goal was to find moms who also felt like they were isolated and alone in motherhood. And the goal was to talk to them about what life actually looks, looks like, because it doesn't look like Instagram and it doesn't look like these pretty, um, family portraits, you know, mm -hmm. it takes hours to get one family picture where everybody looks relatively happy. Mm -hmm. And that's the one we choose to share. But I feel like we live our entire lives in the other 9 million photos you have to take. Yep. And so that's what I want to talk with moms about, because I want them to know that that's the stuff. Like a lot of times we live in the uncomfortable, but we only want to share the pretty stuff. And I feel like you're, we're losing out if we don't talk about all of that uncomfortable, you know? And we're doing each other a disservice because yes. our job is to support one another as moms. Cause as you said, it can be so incredibly isolating. And so I knew that's why we're going to be a good match. Cause that's exactly what we're setting out to do with mom to mom is to let people know they're not alone, especially as the going gets tough. I mean, momhood parenting, tough no matter what, but right, right now, especially. Um, but what was interesting about the book, well, let me start with this. I want everyone to know you have a lot of fans out there, but for people who don't know Meredith, I just want to read the very first page because this, just like the first paragraph, because this sums it up. I was like, oh, we're best friends. My name is Meredith and I'm an unfiltered mom who has inappropriate thoughts. And what I mean by this is I discuss the tough topics that arise from parenting, including but not limited to smears on light switches, ew, crack nipples from breastfeeding, had them, level seven meltdowns in the target toy aisle, hemorrhoids, where babies come from, the puberty, the smells related to puberty, and so much more. That's it in a nutshell. There's a lot of smells. Yeah, there are. And the funny thing is, so when I was reading that, when I initially pitched this program to my boss in an actual office, in a normal place of employment, he was like, so what kind of show are you looking for? I'm like, you know, we need a place where we can talk about bloody nipples. Yeah. And he said, okay, to his yeah. credit. Um, so I knew we were going to hit it off super well. Um, but like I said, I, I laughed in the book. And then when I got to the place where we, we already went there, um, when you had this really tough health scare, I mean, I got chills when you got that information from the doctor that to get your affairs in order, yeah. I, I just can't imagine hearing that as, as a parent, as a person. It was, I have to be honest, I don't remember, I remember the, I remember him saying to me, I'll give you two weeks to get your affairs in order. And then I think I zoned on 
everything else that the doctor was saying. And it wasn't until my husband like touched me and put his hand on me. And I felt like I kind of came back into the room and then I looked at him and then I looked back at the doctor and I was like, say that again. Like, because I, I didn't, I always thought, well, I can all, you always think you have more time. You're not guaranteed anything. There are zero guarantees in life. And that really, that really shook me to my core. And I knew I married the right guy. I knew I had these three beautiful children and I was supposed to be their mom. Like that was, I was supposed to be their mom. And um, I had done those things, but professionally for me, for what I wanted to strive to do, I hadn't done that yet. And so that was, you know, this was a big thing for me was getting to, you know, building what we're doing here today. Okay. UPS, yeah. U, UPS is here. So now the whole neighborhood's going to know that UPS is here. Amazing. So you set out to create this community of moms and parents and you really did so. And it all really started with this very first video. And I want to show everybody. I want to sleep in. And not like sleep in where the kids are banging at the door and shoving their fingers underneath it. I want to sleep in like I don't know anyone else is in the house. And then when I get up, I want you to take me to brunch. And I want to brunch like it's my job. And I want a mimosa at brunch. And then I want to go home and I want to sit by the pool. And I want a mimosa. And I want a mimosa. (laughs) We're really not that complicated. No, I just thought that was that what irked me that day. And the reason that I made that video is because everybody talks about how Mother's Day is this just this holiday for us. And it's just like, you know, we want to celebrate you and, and, and this, that and the other thing. But nobody wants to give us the day off. Like if, it's, if that's our one day off, then I'm going to tell you what I want to do. And that's be left alone. I don't want to see any of you people that I have to take care of the rest of the year. And it was funny because that video... Um, it was my first viral video and it literally over the course of the three day mother's day weekend, it had like 10 million views and you either loved it or you hated it. So it was very polarizing. And that video happened because my husband was like, I'm going on a golf trip. I'll see you later. And I was like, it's it's mother's day weekend. And he's like, well, I, I should be back by Sunday. And I was like, So he, and he did. And I called him. And this is your current husband. Yes, he is my current. And I called him and I was like, just an FYI, I posted something and it seems to be doing pretty well. And he's like, so he watches it and he's like, this isn't funny at all. And I was like, I think 10 million other people, you know, disagree with you. So, but he did end up coming home. He made it home for Mother's Day on Sunday, but he was out golfing right up to the buzzer. Oh, the thing. I don't know. Bad for life. Great for your career. He is, he, you know, he's, that's, I, I picked him. Yeah, I picked him. All right. So what would you, what would you say to that Meredith? Even back then you were just getting started on this, uh, this new career uh, path and um, empowering women and, and telling it like it is. So I'm sure you've learned a lot in the last few years. Oh my gosh. We have, we have learned so much. We have grown as a community. Um, I have seen these women on, on my page, whether they're in my um, private Facebook group, the supporter group right there on that's inappropriate. Uh, I have seen them do meetups across the country. They vacation together. 
Uh, I have met women um, at uh, stand-up shows that I've done. I've met these women. We've done a we've been on a community cruise. Like we have learned so much about each other. Um, we know each other. I know. I mean, I'm looking at the feed on my phone because I wanted to see the comments, and I see my friends are in here. Elise is in here, and um, Marilyn is in here, and like I know these women. Like I know them. So it's awesome. to me, this is so important that we go and we do this together. And that we're, you know, we're, we're here for each other because this is a journey that has no true map and we have to kind of be there for each other to help out. So we can kind of say, you know, that's what the book is kind of about. It's like, these are, these are my stories. These are some of the things that I've done. You know, it's not necessarily advice. It's maybe advice light, but it's just how I got through it. And if that can help somebody else, then I've done my job with this book and I've, Mm -hmm. I was able to share this and that's, I just, I hated that feeling when I was a, a, a young first time mom, I hated that feeling of isolation and loneliness and thinking that I wasn't doing it right because yeah. we all have been in that spot where the baby is crying. It's been hours. You have no idea how to calm them down. Nothing you're doing is working and you just feel like I can't get this right. Like I'm not doing this right. Am I even supposed to be doing this? And it's not just like a bad day at work because no. the stakes are so much higher. So we we're so hard on ourselves as parents. And, and, and of course, and I, I can only speak to being a mom because I'm a mom, but mom guilt can really take over and consume you because you feel like I'm supposed to have these motherly instincts. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. And yet I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And then when somebody asks you, how's it going? You're like, Oh, it's fine. Everything's great. We're just, yeah. we're just bonding so wonderfully. And it's like, there were times when, when my first, when my first son was born that I looked at him and I was so in love. And then 30 seconds later, I was like, what have I done? What am I supposed to do now? How is this going to work out? I don't really know what I'm doing. And that's so natural, but nobody wants to talk about that because then it's like, ugh, you're not a good mom because you had that, those thoughts. And it's like, no, I'm just a normal mom. Yeah. Moms have scary thoughts and inappropriate yeah. thoughts. Uh, Trish is saying Meredith has literally gotten me through quarantine with some level of sanity. That's saying a lot. <laughs> well, this, this, this has been quarantine and this entire thing for us as parents, I feel like as parents were exhausted already, but then COVID and quarantine has brought this whole new level of like decision fatigue mm -hmm. and exhaustion to us because every decision seems so heavy. Mm -hmm. Like think about the fact of six months ago, would you ever, if your, if your kid said to you, I want to go play with the neighbors, you would have, you wouldn't have thought twice. Now you're thinking, have the neighbors traveled? Have the neighbors been out somewhere? Have they, have they come in contact with somebody? Um, I don't really know if you should be out there because like, what if you, what if like somebody walks past you on the sidewalk and sneezes? Like yeah. these are things that nobody six months ago was worried about yeah. and now it consumes us. And we've talked about this so much on this show with various experts, how there's so much fear and anxiety when you have to make so many decisions. Should right. I send my kid to school? Should I send my kid next door to play? Should we go on that trip to see family? Do we take a COVID test when we come back? Um, right. This is heavy stuff and added to all the other things that we deal as, with as moms. And let's be real, most of it falls on us. Even if you're in an equal partnership, it somehow falls on us. It really does. So it's a tough time. We talked about this on the podcast a couple, I think it was last week. 
And it was this discussion of um, asking your spouse to do something, right? Because you need help. And what, you know, how do you ask your spouse for help or your partner or whatever? And, um, you know, I've always said like, hey, um, can you take out the trash? Like as an example. And my husband will be like, yeah, in a minute. Well, that minute might take seven hours because for him, it isn't a priority. I was trying to be polite instead of saying, hey, get your butt up and take it out now because I'm not his mother. Hey, could you please? Because he's like, well, you shouldn't have said, could you please? Like, I didn't want to do it right then. It's like, nobody wants to do it, but it has to be done. And I don't want to have to do all of the things. And so we opened up this huge can of worms on the podcast this, this past week. But it was such a great show. And so many people messaged and emailed after it because, yes, a lot of times we might, you know, there, we might have this quote unquote 50 50 or we each give 100. But still, the communication level of asking a spouse to help and, you know, like I, I don't want to sound like the nagging wife, but if I have to ask you to take the trash out eight times, why, why have you not taken the trash out? Yeah. These are conversations that every married couple, I don't care how woke or enlightened you think you are, at some point you are arguing about the trash or the recycling or the yard or whatever, or picking up a kid from school or something. So it is, it is part of it. And we open up and have those discussions because that's what we're living. We did almost an entire half hour show on garbage because I had Eve Rotsky, the author of Fair Play on. Yes. And the whole thing is about balance in your partnership and everything. So that was so enlightening and another good read. Um, all right. So I want to talk about, because you touched on decision-making and with this decision-making, at least around here where I am, there is this mom shaming that's going on within the mom community, which breaks my heart because we should all be in this together. Um, So in your book, I laugh because you refer to the Susans. Well, and apparently I guess, but by the time I wrote the book and it came out, they're now Karen. I don't know, but it, it evolves. It's an evolution of things. It's just that mom that just grates on you because it's like, give me a break, lady. The judgy mom, the judgy mom. The judgy mom. Let's talk about mom shaming a little bit. And I think what you've done, you were a pioneer. I think now on Instagram, we are seeing a little bit more transparency. We are seeing people showing stretch marks and showing the darker side to things. but it's taken a while and there's a tremendous amount of shaming on the internet. So it's hard to really get to that place for people. They're just trying to show their perfect selves. Well, I, I think, I think uh, cult- culturally, the social, the social norms tell us that we should um, be pretty and smile. Smile, you'd be so pretty if you smiled and, and you know, lose a few more pounds and just, um, make sure that you're packaged appropriately and this is what you should look like and this is how many kids you should have and this is what your house should look like and this is and the problem is that nobody fits into that box ever anywhere um and the more we open it up and we peel back the layers and we show what life actually looks like we you know i've said a couple of times this week we open the door for opportunities for other people to step in and say you know, this is, this is who I am. This is how I feel as well. Thank you. Like I can relate to that. And I think that it's, it, I believe it to be 
somehow a little bit my job um, to, to say, come on in, join the club. You know, my mm -hmm. husband, we were, I was getting ready to do a, um, I was getting ready to do a speaking, uh, speaking engagement. And I got jumped in the car. My husband was going to drop me off. He was taking the kids somewhere. And I was in jeans, one of my t-shirts, cause I make t-shirts. I have a t-shirt company and a pair of sneakers. And my husband said, are you planning on changing before you get there? And I said, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, well, you're going to do a speaking gig. And I was like, and this is what they get because this is who I am. And if you are true to yourself, then you are going to be confident in the decisions that you make. And the, and, and that's, that's who they, these people want. They asked me to come speak. I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to show up in a ball gown. Like I don't even, I don't even own a ball. Like what would I, where would I get that? So I think we have to truly be who we are and that gives other people the ability to do the same. And I think you gotta, you kind of have to, I don't know. I also feel like it's exhausting to try and keep up appearances, which is why that stopped for me many, many a moon ago. <laughs> yeah. I've been a big advocate from the beginning about speaking the truth about being a mom and sometimes I'd be even in the middle of saying it to someone and they're horrified when I talk about some of the things that happened to me. Um, and then I think, oh my gosh, should I not be saying this to women? They're never going to want to have kids if I tell them about my bleeding nipples and my uh, female jock straps I had to wear because things were falling all out of place. I think that that it, I think that it is so necessary that we, like nobody told me that it was hard to breastfeed. Oh. I had no idea. Nobody told me that you actually have no clue what you're doing when you start to breastfeed. <sighs> nobody told me that it was that, you know, and then the lactation specialist comes in and just says, just, you know, pull this here and put this here and you'll be fine. And it's like, uh, none of this is working no. and, and I'm just raw. And now you've just moved it from side to side and, and, and it's yeah. just a mess. And it's funny, but it was actually my husband who helped me learn how to breastfeed. He was talking with a friend whose wife also had gone through that. And she, um, he recommended to my husband that I get a nipple shield and bing, bang, boom. Um, I was able to breastfeed, but it was, I didn't know what a nipple shield was. Like if you're just some random 20 something year old woman, who's never had kids, you're not carousing the perusing the nipple shield section. Nobody does that. Because there's been actual campaigns to tell us that this is the most natural thing that a woman can Correct. do. And breast is best. Breast is best. But then you're that mom that's having trouble breastfeeding. And then you feel extra rotten because right. it's not best and it's not working. So now I say a fed baby is best. Well, and, <laughs> and ag agreed. And my first one, I made it to like eight or nine months. My second one, she bit me so hard I got mastitis and I couldn't feed her. And then the third one, it was almost from like the, from day one, he just was not interested. I tried and tried and it was like, nope, here you go, buddy. And that's okay. Yeah. I gave up on early on too with my second one. And I was like, I'm good with this. I'm well, good with this. We tried. He's a nine pound baby that came out, but I would love to know some of your shining moments of parenting, some of your favorites. Oh, I mean, there are so many great moments in parenting too. And that's the thing is you have these like epic roller coaster rides with your kids, right? And actually one of my favorite moments is Slinky Dog Dash 
at um, Hollywood Studios where uh, we, you know, prior to the pandemic, before the world stopped, we took a trip to Disney World when my kids were older and we all rode that like 15 times and it was the best day ever. And then, you know, watching your kids learn something like my daughter um, was a, a, a great gymnast and she ended up getting injured pretty badly, broke her arm and um, she couldn't get back into the sport. Now she's learning how to swim and she wants to be a swimmer. My oldest son plays tennis. Anytime I can get out and watch him play tennis, um, going to therapy with my youngest son um, can be some of the most trying moments. And it can also be some of the most wonderful moments because we really connect with his therapist and we can work through stuff that he's going through because he's on the spectrum and has some other um, issues related to brain damage from a birth injury. And so there have been some really great moments in therapy where he's talked to me about his feelings and we just so connected. And I was like, I have those feelings too. Like I understand you and I'm here for you. So there are so many great moments in parenting um, that aren't necessarily the quote unquote hallmark moments. You know, yeah. there are these little moments in between um, go, eating dinner every night in front of the TV. We do that every night. We eat dinner in front of the TV. I, I, I know people say you shouldn't do it, but we binge watch a, a series. And then when we're done with that one, we go to the next. I mean, I cooked the meal. We just eat it in front of the TV. You know, and I think what you said is so important. It's it's the little moments between the big moments, and that's what life is all about. And if you can enjoy that as a parent, you're winning. You're doing something right. All right, so we've only got a couple minutes left, and I would love to do rapid fire with you. So these are super quick questions, quick answers. First thing that comes to your mind, are you game? Am I game? Yes. Yes. That was the easy question. Okay. That, that wasn't even part of it. Oh, okay. okay. Favorite book, not including your own? Um, Brene Brown, uh, just her as an author, anything she writes. Binging on Netflix currently? Psych. TV show or movie? Um, like that, I, what I prefer? Mm -hmm. I prefer TV shows. Coffee or wine? <sighs> Coffee. Right. coffee, coffee. Wow. I can't survive without my morning coffee. Night owl or early bird? Uh, night owl. Neat freak or organized chaos? Organized chaos. I don't need a moment for that. <laughs> Three things in your purse off the top of your head. Hand sanitizer, my mask, and um, a chapstick. What does it mean to have it all? Nothing, because nobody has it all. Good answer. When do women win? Last question. When do women win? When we speak up. Yes. Well, you've done it. Thank you so, <laughs> so much. This was the fastest half hour ever. Everyone in the chat, check out Ask Me What's for Dinner one more time. Inappropriate Thoughts on Motherhood by our new friend and our newest member of the Mom Squad, Meredith Masony. And let everyone know where we can find you online. Um, at Facebook, it's that's inappropriate. Instagram, that's inappropriate. YouTube, that's inappropriate. And um, now on TikTok. Yeah. All right, Meredith, thank you so much. This was a blast. I hope you'll come back again sometime. This was completely appropriate. Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs>
Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear and you want to join us for more, you can find us on Facebook at mom to mom with Maria Sansone, and you can join us on social at The Hub Today. And of course, you can always binge more mom to mom podcasts wherever you find podcasts. I'll see you next time.